You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome back to the Locked On Rams podcast. This is your Wednesday episode. We're now in the middle of the week, another day closer to the draft, and we're finally in the single digits. Unless my math is wrong, I believe we are nine days away from the 2021 NFL draft. So things are definitely starting to heat up. It's getting very fun. And you guys know how we do Wednesdays here. My guy, Brad Motter, is on the other line. My man, Brad, how are you doing, brother? Man, I am stoked. You said single digits to the draft, the pinnacle of the offseason, all this weight, all this anticipation, all the mock drafts. I mean, you got to be ready to be throwing some mock drafts away after this is all done because you guys have covered it in awesome fashion with getting in with some of these um, you know, listeners' mock drafts and stuff like that. But let's get a real draft, man. Single digits. That's exciting, man. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting really exciting now. You know, we've talked about the draft. I feel like we've talked about it ad nauseum, kind of bang that drum all over the place. I mean, day after day, I'm trying to find different topics to talk about for the draft. And we're going to keep, you know, gearing up towards that for the next nine or so days, however many days there are until the draft. So don't expect it to stop. You know, we got to hammer that angle. It's the most important thing left in the offseason. But there has been some news for the Rams this offseason. And the most interesting news that actually came up today is that the Rams actually signed another punter to their roster. That brings them up to three current punters on their roster. So that's a little bit strange, obviously. And then in the second segment, we're going to dive into something a little bit more draft related. We're going to talk about which positions we want them to realistically consider drafting with that number 57 overall pick and which positions we think they should maybe avoid. And then in the final segment, kind of take a look at the current roster and talk about one player that we think could take a big step forward and make the biggest impact in 2021 that actually did not start in 2020. So I first want to dive into the biggest news of the day. And that is obviously, like I mentioned, the punter news. The Rams have signed a punter by the name Corey Bajorquez. He was formerly the punter of the Buffalo Bills for the last three seasons, started 16 games last season, 41 punts, and averaged 50.8 yards per punt. And just for comparison's sake, Johnny Hecker, obviously the Rams' current punter, averaged only 45.6 so that's actually five yards and a little bit more per punt on average that's obviously a significant amount when you look at the net average Bohorquez averaged 44 yards per punt last season and the net average is actually the yardage from the return minus or subtracted I should say from the punt so pretty much that is the most important number it really tells the story about how far the punt is actually going to move the team back that received the ball Bohorquez had a 44 yards net average last season Johnny Hecker had a career worst 39.7 and his average 45.6 per punt was also the career worst in his career. Now, obviously he sets a high bar. The guy's one of the best punters probably ever and has been absolutely dominant for the Rams all the way back to 2012 when he joined the team. And so kind of sparked some interesting discussion. Now the Rams have three current punters. Those are two of them. The last one is Brandon Wright. I believe he was a backup practice squad kind of player going into next season as well. So do you think that there is any possibility that the Rams could actually move on from Johnny Hecker? I know it seems inconceivable. The guy's a fan favorite. Everyone loves him. He's been so good and so consistent over the course of his career. But you look at last season, the worst season of his career. You look at some of the other names in that special teams room that pretty much everyone thought was untouchable, right? Coach Bones, 
Greg Zerline, the kicker, Jake McQuaid, the long snapper. All three of those guys went to Dallas from last season as well as this season, which was Jake McQuaid reunited in Dallas. That's kind of weird. I feel like if Johnny Hecker is on his way out, probably going to end up in Dallas too. So, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but do you think there's actually a legitimate possibility that the Rams do decide to move on from Hecker and whether or not they do, what do you kind of expect from the special teams going into this next season? Dude, I've been out of it today. And you mentioned that before we started recording. You see the news about adding a punter. And I'm like, ah, it's probably some slouch and it's not a big deal. And then you start talking about some of the numbers you put up starting 16 games for the Bills. And yeah, maybe he's not a top tier punter, but he's a guy who can get the ball down the field and get the job done at a much cheaper cost. I don't know. I'm a little nervous, to be honest. And and Hecker, man, I go back to going out to mini camps and he was my first player interaction with the Los Angeles Rams when I moved to LA and started doing this podcast with James years ago. We went out there and Hecker just came over with the fans and he was doing pranks on some of the rookies and stuff. He took a squirt gun and put a bunch of glitter in the squirt gun. So he's like, oh, they're going to think they're just getting hit with water, but wait till they get in. They're going to have you know glitter on them for days. And he was just kicking it with the fans and talking to us. And like he really hit it off with us as far as, and you mentioned a big fan favorite. And so Gosh, I would hate to see him go. This one would hurt, right? You know, we saw a lot of different players move on in the past three, four years. Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, you mentioned that whole special teams room. But if I'm Dallas right now, I'm for sure calling the Rams and say, hey, what are you guys doing over there? And uh, we can make room for a guy like that. But I don't know if it makes a ton of sense, in a sense, to like move on from. If you release them before June 1st, the Rams will save $3.75 million in cap space only taking about $1.2 million in dead money. Is that worth it to like a core piece of your special teams, your leadership in that room, a punter who still could be considered near the top, you know, five punters in the league? Yeah, he had a down year, but like what is this move more like COVID protection and, and kind of just building, you know, like, hey, decent punters out there, let's grab them. And, you know, maybe there's some, I don't know if you're trying to like stock up on some trade material. I don't, I don't get this at all other than maybe creating competition for the backup um, spot there. But yeah, there's a lot of weird signals here on the wall as far as what they're doing. And can he uh, play center? That's maybe my next question. Like, are you trying to get this guy? Is there another role he can do? Can he be a holder? Is he a good holder? I don't know. Like, I don't get it at all. And, and you know, yeah, maybe I'm hoping for you to explain a little bit more or, or uh, have a better answer than I do, because I'm scratching my head on this one. I think I'm pretty much just as confused as you are. The only logical explanation I can really think of is that, you know, they just kind of added him as a camp leg, but you already had a second punter, which could be considered your camp leg already. So maybe they're just bringing in some, you know, someone to push that backup punter in throughout the offseason, but still kind of weird to me. I mean, Bohorquez was a guy that was very good last season, very productive. Johnny Hecker is coming off the worst year of his career. And, you know, even going back to some of the other names, like I mentioned, Coach Bones, Greg Zerline, even Jake McQuaid, the first two specifically, when they got let go, they were coming off the worst years of their careers as well, right? Coach Bones was with the Rams for a long time, and they were an elite special teams unit every single season until that final season where, We've seen some of that turmoil start to come into fruition where remember that fake punt against the Arizona Cardinals, Sean McVay yelling at him on the sidelines. That was kind of the beginning of the end, it felt like. And then Greg Zerline also had a bit of a down year and they weren't reluctant to move on there. So something tells me that, you know, maybe they are willing to potentially move on, probably premature to jump to that conclusion just yet. But I think it's very fascinating to see that 
they're not afraid to pull the plug when guys start to maybe dip in that production. And like you mentioned, there is obviously some money savings as well. And that's something to always consider going forward. Like little money, you know, like not enough to be like, I mean, that's a leader, I would think. But again, Mm -hmm. this is a, this is a business more than like the way that we look at it as being like, man, he's a staple. How do we get rid of him? But it's not a bunch of money. I I don't know. And and you're right though. And, And some of those guys on the special team, it was like, you know, for Zerline, it was like contract year. So they had to either re-sign him or not. And, you know, they didn't cut him right. so much. But this would be, I mean, he's got three years left on his deal. This would have to be a cut situation. Maybe we're looking too much into it. But it is funny because the Rams have gone so quiet on transactions over the past little bit. And so, like, when you see this, especially in this, where you're like, you think of one of the most locked-in positions is like punter, quarterback and Jalen Ramsey, like some of the Aaron Donald, those guys locked in, you know, you assume. And then when you see something like this, you're like, wait a minute. And then, and then you start thinking, mm-hmm. well, I mean, punters can be, you know, we just think of ours because Johnny Hecker is in our minds, a legend, but man, this is, this mixes it up. I'm, I'm still kind of reserve on this. Like just let it play out. I don't think they're doing anything crazy, but if news comes later or, you know, maybe next year they look to release them, um, man, it'd be interesting though. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see. I don't know what's going to happen. Could Corey Bohorquez be the new punter? Could he be the next guy to step up for the Rams going into next season? Maybe. And it's a good segue going into the break here. We're going to come out on the other end talking about which positions we think the Rams may realistically or positions that we realistically want the Rams to potentially target with that 57th overall pick and which positions we think they may avoid with that pick. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP. You can find Brad at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. These rings are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring show, Treasure Forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. And over that course of time, I've been on the lookout for the best protein bar on the market and I finally stumbled upon the Built Bar, and I'm telling you guys, this is the best on the market. I've tried every other protein bar you can imagine, and none of them can compare in terms of the texture, the taste profiles, all the different flavors. They have over 18 different flavors that you can choose from, so many different varieties, and all of them taste so good. They're even healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you if you are on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live day one draft coverage. Welcome back to the second segment of this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. Me and Brad are now going to pick up where we left off in the first segment. And this is maybe going to be the most interesting segment of this episode. It's something that I think a lot of fans, a lot of listeners are considering right now. The possibilities, right? Everyone that likes a football team is has about a million different things running through their head right now. Who is my team going to draft? 
what positions might they be interested in actually going out and acquiring? Are they going to trade up? Are they going to trade down? So many possibilities to the draft. And that's what kind of makes this fun. And that's why you guys should go check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, like I mentioned a minute ago on the Odyssey app. We all got to choose our selections for the mock draft. It's very fun. And they're dropping about five to six picks every single day. So you guys are going to hear who I selected for the Rams shortly. But right now, I want to talk about what Brad and I are kind of thinking. And if we're maybe along the same lines of thinking here when it comes to the Rams and their number 57 overall pick, which is obviously their first pick of this draft class. So that's enough talking for me, Brad. When you look at this 57th overall pick, I mean, it's probably a good chance that they end up trading, let's be honest. But even if they end up staying or if they end up trading back or whatever the case is with that first pick, is there a position that you kind of want them to realistically consider drafting, whether that be, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, whatever you think, is there somebody or a position that you really think they should key in on with that pick? Yeah, before I get there, I think it's hilarious. As you said, you know, you're talking about this, uh, the locked on draft, you know, they're doing this whole draft thing. And I go back to when I was doing this years ago, I never got to participate in the first round and neither of you, like the Rams just (laughs) don't do first round picks. And it's such a cool thing that they're doing. And we just don't get to participate in the first round. They finally, I think the second year we did it, they were like, Hey, so you you guys will, will draft whoever doesn't have first round. You guys will get to get a pick in which you get to do. And I'm excited to hear who your pick is, but it's just so funny as us being Rams and covering the Rams over the past, you know, five years. It's like, we don't get to participate in that first round. It's really awesome what lockdown is doing, but thanks a lot Rams for not letting us get in there and get a first round pick, but back to like where we're at 57, I think you said, Um, I go back to this tweet that PFF Brad did back in, I think I screenshot it April 6th and it's the percent of draft capital used on each position from 2011 to 2020 using the Fitzgerald Spielberg draft pick values. Maybe some of you guys know what that is and Sosa probably does, but I'm just assuming it's some smart guy that put together this whole (laughs) equation to make us understand like where the capital's going for each of those positions. And I, I talked about this before, but looking at what the Rams have spent heavy on, their four biggest categories at 11% was halfback. We're not get we better not get a halfback, right? At the beginning or somewhere at, at the top because we feel pretty good about where we're at. Maybe there's some value add late in the draft to add to that room. The other one's safety at 10%. We're stocked up on safeties. You know, we've been really drafting and that's why we let John Johnson go, right? We've been drafting that for a while now. Uh tackle at 11% and then at 16%, wide receiver, they love drafting their wide receivers. And I'm sure there's going to be another one here. But you talked about, like, where do we want to see them dive into? It's not a wide receiver at 57. If they go wide receiver at 57, that's going to be like a slap to the face from probably a lot of us here in Rams Nation. We've got to get somebody that can be impactful right away. Not to say that they can't, but that's that kind of like devalues that Van Jefferson pick and, and going getting Deshaun Jackson. So I think maybe there's some room to get a speedster, but a little bit later. But you look at some of these positions they haven't drafted in the past 10 years. You're looking at guard. 3.2% of their picks have been at guard. We could probably use some interior line help. Center, 2.5% of those picks have been a center. Brian Allen sticks out to me. We got to upgrade that position. So I think that would be super important for us to look at. Um, Some of these other lower positions, you're looking at linebackers sitting at 7.2%. Quarterbacks also there at 7.1%. We don't need a quarterback, so you can probably scratch it off the board. But I'm going to go away from some of the bigger trending because I feel like 
That's why there are big numbers. We've really stockpiled those positions over the last few years. And look at some of those low numbers, the 2.5%, the 3.2%. That's center. That's guard. Cornerback even, 7.4%. Edge, 7.7%. So those are where I see our needs. So where do I want them to go? I think it's got to be interior line. I mean, that center position, if one of those top centers is on the board, as boring as it may be, let's grab them. If we can bounce back a few picks, you talked about that there's a very good opportunity for that to happen. Maybe slide back five, six picks. They still think they can get someone in that interior offense alignment or in that middle linebacker area, slide back, pick up another pick and go there. But if they hit us with another you know, wide receiver or another tackle or somebody that we've been drafting a lot, and I think anyone on the offense line, I think would be a value pick for us. And, and I'd really appreciate it, but let's get to a need. I know you said the other day, um, Asante Samuel would be kind of a dream pick in one of your mock drafts there. I love it. He'd be, he'd be awesome to fill into that slot, but like there's so many other needs that are so much weaker that I think I, I, it would be just more valuable to get into. And I think that means center linebacker. That's what I was begging for last year and the year before that. And it, right now it's screaming at us that we need help there. So even if we have slide back, we see, you know, it's 57 is not where we want to go with one of those guys. I just where I I would feel so happy as boring as a center is there. It would just make me feel so happy. So those were those were I want to circle. Um, get us some help there. Don't go get a wide receiver at that pick. Don't go, you know, spend at safety again or at cornerback, even if it's an elite player and we can fill a need. I think we need to focus elsewhere. Yeah. You know, what's ironic is where I want to go and where I don't want to go, the position I kind of want to avoid I want to go with a cornerback. I think <laughs> cornerback makes sense. Um, you know, they've obviously been very interested in investing in that secondary. That's something that they've always valued a lot. It's very clear. And I think that there is definitely a spot for a guy to come in and make an impact where Troy Hill is kind of leaving a big hole at that nickel spot. They can play, you know, 65, maybe 70% of the snaps on defense. They're going to obviously make a big impact in that role. So I think the one position that I would very much like a little low key, you know, I don't think it's a pressing need, but I do think it's something to consider when you consider the positional value of a corner. Obviously, the league continues to transition into a passing attack and a passing league. Um, you talk about the loss of Troy Hill, obviously. I think cornerback is a legitimate possibility at 57. I think it's probably one of the wiser positions to try and target earlier. You're not going to get a good cornerback later. I mean, it's just way harder to do. There are some positions that you can get a little bit later that. You know, they just typically are available later because they just aren't drafted highly. You look at some of the contract figures and that typically always speaks volumes because that's really a story of how the NFL values these guys. And the cornerbacks are some of the highest paid players in the NFL outside of the quarterback. Cornerback is probably number one on that I list. Mean, I mean, so see kind of speak. I see I do see your value, right? You're saying, hey, we're already mm-hmm. strong there. Let's just keep you know, like adding to that and make it elite again. Cause it was, it felt elite during last season. Right. Mm-hmm. And Troy Hill leaves and, you know, John Johnson leaves. So like that eliteness maybe is starting to creep back down to like, just very solid maybe. And so like, if you can add a 57, that's going to come in and pitch in right away, maybe does that help you get back to that elite? And you're like, Hey, that's going to be the strength of our defense. We've got Aaron Donald up front who. It's going to you know, create the havoc up there and hopefully Leonard Floyd and maybe some surprise that we're hoping that is going to kind of pop out. So I kind of get it, but I also am just like, man, I just feel like there's so many other glaring needs that, and maybe you're telling me also like, hey, we can wait a little bit on center and there's a guy in the third round that we can get in and bring in. But um, I just, if there's a guy there that's a plug and play guy at that position, 
I just feel like I would, I'd rather spread out the talent instead of like keep layering mm-hmm. on greatness in that secondary. But I think also the Rams have shown that they don't do it the way that most of us feel they should do it. Right. So, and maybe you're kind of reading more into what they look at and going like, Hey, we're going to go top available on our board. Not so much on what our needs are. We're going to draft at how we've ranked this board. And maybe that's where a cornerback comes in because after that, pick they're never going to see any one of their you know favorite players on top of the board so i get it and i i have to at one point i think i'm going to understand that the rams aren't going to do what i think they should do and i just need to accept that but it's going to take another 10 days or so for me to to buy into that but i like your your argument for it right we got a strong unit make it stronger and that's kind of the argument there is like do you want to address a need or do you want to hammer down on your strengths and continue to build on what you are good at which is obviously something that you mentioned there and you know, I just kind of look at the positional value game. You need a cornerback. There's obviously a hole there. So it makes sense to me if there's a position that I wouldn't want to target there in the realistic term of things, you're obviously not going to go draft a halfback at that spot. They drafted someone last year in K-Makers. They have Daryl Henderson. So the one position I think you probably could wait on is off-ball linebacker. I know a lot of fans are going to hate to hear that. <laughs> they all want an inside linebacker more than anything on this earth. But I don't know, man. I just don't think they impact the game that greatly. And if they do... They're going to be drafted much earlier than where the Rams are going to get good value at 57. So I think it makes sense to kind of just wait on that position, maybe attack that in the third round, maybe in the fourth round. And that's going to be one of the interesting things going into next season is just talking about that inside linebacker position as well as some other positions that could have some holes going into this next season. And we're going to take a look at certain players that we actually think could take a step forward and make an impact for the Rams in 2021 that actually did not start in 2020. That's obviously an important factor going into next season because some of those holes are not going to be able to be filled in the draft. And while we've got you, make sure to keep checking back in with us here throughout the rest of the week at the Locked On Rams podcast. We're going to host our Big Board Thursday update on our Thursday episode and our Mailbag Friday episode on Friday. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing and Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's also the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. All you have to do is just go ahead to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D. ACY. Welcome back to the final segment of this Wednesday episode of the Locked on Rams pod. Brad and I are going to pick up right where we left off and it was a good transition because we talked about players or positions in specific that we thought they should target or not at the 57th overall pick and obviously they can only target so many players. They only have so many draft picks and that just kind of leaves certain holes on the roster going into the season into the offseason that are just going to need to be filled by someone else, whether that be someone on the current roster, you know, that third or fourth wave of free agency, undrafted guys, whatever the case may be. So I want to dedicate this segment here talking about which player, and we both can pick one, maybe two. I'm not going to be harsh on the rules here. That did not start for the Rams last season in 2020, 
whether that be due to injury or whether the case was that they were just a young player that was sitting behind someone that was very good and obviously couldn't start for that reason. Which player do we think can go into 2021 and make the biggest impact for the team? And Brad, I'm going to kick it to you. So why don't you share a name or two, somebody that intrigues you going into this next season for the Rams? Yeah, I'll take one here and I'll kick it back to you. And then I got a couple maybe honorable mentions. I don't know if they're if mm-hmm. I'm pushing too hard there, but um, I got to start with Oboe. Um, Oboe Okorwankwo, which I, I probably butchered that again. I used to have that down, man. I, I practiced really hard on that one and it's been a while, but I'll just go back to Oboe. Obezi, I think he said at one time he likes being called. I think he's a huge breakout opportunity, right? He didn't get a ton of snaps last year, often on injured, almost his whole NFL career, but you go back to watching him at Oklahoma and he had some really fun tape and he just has some explosion. He has a fine, he has a way to find himself in the backfield and in around the quarterback. If he's not making the play, he's causing some chaos that is helping make the play. And that's where, you know, Aaron Donald has been so helpful to this team is like, even if he's not making the play, he's messing stuff up that other people are able to make that play like Leonard Floyd. So I think that Oboe is going to be able to take on some of that, Leonard Floyd opportunity, or as we look back in the years of Dante Fowler opportunity, right? That, you know, Aaron Donald's creating that mess and, and hopefully Oboe getting himself back there with some of those pressures. He's just got to stay healthy, man. Got to stay healthy. He should have a clear path at getting some good run. Um, so I, I've been waiting for this guy to break out. I love seeing the four five. I don't know why I love his Jersey number coming out there. And now with their mixing up Jersey numbers, who knows what all these guys are going to pick, but Oboe, that's got to be my pick. Breakout, he's going to have the opportunity. His with guys like Morgan Fox gone and you know Ebelcom gone, like that's going to open up some snaps that I think that he's been kind of dying to get into. Jakai Polite's gone, no thought of him getting any of those snaps. So uh, this opens up an opportunity. How many more snaps he gets, I don't know, but I'm looking at it where I really see he has a big crank up in snap opportunities if he can stay healthy. So that's my pick, Oboe. Breakout. I've been waiting since he's been drafted for him to break out. This is his year. I like that pick. I think it's a good one. I'm staying on the defensive side of the ball too. I think there's a lot of good candidates here, and that's probably why we're going to have a few honorable mention or you know a couple extra guys that we think could take that step. I feel like a sellout going with this guy, but oh man, I just got to. I got to go with safety Terrell Burgess. Nice. You know he was a rookie last season, and we know that the Rams were quite stacked at safety. Jordan Fuller starting at one spot. Taylor Rapp on the bench, John Johnson starting at the other spot, takes off and goes to Cleveland, one of the best safeties in the NFL, leaving a big spot behind. And Terrell Burgess started to get a little bit of playing time last year. I think it was like two or three games. And then I believe it was in the Chicago Bears game where, you know, he gets blocked on his back and it was just a very disgusting, unfortunate injury where he kind of rolled up over himself. I believe he broke his ankle. So that was the end of his season, premature. But I feel like we really started to get a glimpse of what he could be. He had that time in the Buffalo Bills game. Then in that Chicago Bears game, the Rams clearly trusted him a lot. He was rotating a lot into single high coverages on the back end by himself, really relinquishing in that true safety name, being the last line of defense. So that's a lot to put on the plate for a guy that was pretty much a rookie with no playing time whatsoever. I think it kind of speaks to their belief in his development. Not only that, but I loved him coming out of Utah. I thought he was one of the most versatile dominant players that I watched. He played at safety, both positions at safety, played nickel cornerback, played some dime linebacker. The guy could literally do everything. I think he's going to start going into the season. If he doesn't start, he's obviously going to play a lot of snaps, regardless of whether he has that first snap on the field that would qualify him as a starter, but definitely got to go with Burgess. I think he's going to be a big player for the Rams. 
Don't know if that means he's going to start at safety or nickel cornerback. I'm quite certain it is going to be safety. A lot of single high stuff, but that is a versatile player. It's going to help replace the loss of a guy like John Johnson. And I guess that lets me kick it back to you. Why don't you share some of the other names that you can say? Yeah, that's a great one too, because he was kind of an afterthought at the end of the season from that draft class, right? But you mentioned it when he was mm-hmm. picked, not only you, but a lot of people around were like, that is an awesome pick. He's going to be huge for the Rams injury nothing right so this is a big bounce back year for him I've got two guys um I'm both sticking on the defense right I'm loving this defensive side of the ball because there's a lot of young guys and there's a lot of question marks there so um I think a very similar player to that in that same draft class is uh Terrell Lewis right linebacker injury issues if he can get it right man he is a freak of an athlete with his wingspan like he could kind of be in my eyes, what I hope for him is kind of like that Leonard Floyd 2.0, right? Size, speed, can play the run, can get in there and and cause some havoc against the pass. We just got to see if he can stay healthy, if he can pick up the NFL game speed. We just haven't really been able to see that. Another guy, kind of an afterthought of that draft, one of those guys where you thought, oh, this is going to be a really good pick, and then just not so much, right? Injury. Um, So can he stay healthy? If he does, Again, he's in a position for a clear path at some opportunities if he can stay healthy. So I like that just for that. And then my last kind of throw in the dark here is just because I just love this guy. And I really hope. And you talked about drafting a cornerback and maybe a guy that can play, you know, inside in the slot and kind of take on some of those roles. But are we forgetting about Dante Dion? Like, give the man some love. Mm -hmm. Give a man a pathway to some playing time. Not only is he just fun to watch. Uh, great personality on hard knocks. I think that's kind of partly why I'm saying this here is I'm just hoping that he gets an opportunity with some of those guys leaving. He wasn't all that bad. I thought he, he played pretty well. Like there's some size issues there. Maybe there's some, you know, can he hang at that next level? But I thought he held his own. He seems obviously the Rams want to keep him around. They, they keep keeping him around. Um, so if he can make a push and make this roster, I'd love to see Dante Dion. You know, he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. I really look at him like a, I mean, not to knock him, but like, you know, kind of how Darius Williams, people overlooked him forever. And he just kept grinding, kept staying on the roster and then finally got his opportunity. And now he's killing it. Maybe not nowhere near the the level of skills there. But Dante Dion, man, sneak in there, get some playing time. I'll be behind rooting for you. I'd love to see him break out a little bit. Good eats, as he says, right? I like that pick as well. I think he's a talented player. You know, he's shown it in preseason in the past. Looks very good. And he would fit very well, I think, at that nickel spot because of his small size. So, you know, you can kind of limit that lack of physicality or stature, whatever you want to call it. Ironically enough, the last name I considered was also on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like we're not giving the (laughs) offense any love, but man, there's a lot of good options on that defensive side of the ball. So I had to go with Traven Howard. The inside linebacker was going to be a starter last year. I can't recall what injury he had now. It's slipping my mind, but knocked out technically in what would have been the preseason basically was the training camp period and did not get to play at all last season. He was going to be a starter. I think he's the best linebacker on the team from the inside linebackers. I think he's the most dynamic coverage player, going to make the biggest impact in that regard. And ultimately, I just thought he was the best player in that unit. So I think going into the season, unless they really address that spot early in the draft, and I'm not sure that they will, he could very well come into this next season as a starter. And if they do end up drafting a linebacker, you know, in the third round or the fourth round, Heck, he still might be a starter. He might start next to whoever that rookie is because last year, you know, Troy Reader, Kenny Young, Micah Kaiser all left a little bit to be desired, in my opinion. Not the best of options at the inside linebacker spot. And that kind of concludes where we are in this episode. I think there's a lot of good options that 
We have to leave off the table just because you can only pick one, but we still got a few more honorable mentions each. So there's a lot of good options for the Rams going into this draft, you know, just digging throughout the rest of the roster with the players that they currently have that they can't address in the draft class because you only have limited picks. And that is all we got for you guys on this episode. I think we had a good one, Brad. It was an enjoyable one. We're going to keep hammering this draft coverage here at the Locked on Rams podcast throughout the rest of the week and over the course of the next two weeks. So make sure to keep checking back in with us here for the Big Board Thursday update, as well as the Fan Mail Friday episode. And just a reminder, you can come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MEP. You can find Brad at LA underscore Rambling Bear. And you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.